Hi, I'm Case Ellers. And I'm Mark Jones. And this is the In It Together podcast. No matter what level of experience you have in real estate, navigating the ever-changing real estate market can be tricky. Each week, my co-host Mark and I will bring you valuable tips, tricks, and trade secrets from our favorite industry experts, colleagues, and friends. Sit back and relax because we're about to get started. But most of all, I hope you realize that no matter how complicated the real estate industry can be, you're going to walk away knowing we're in it together. On today's episode, I have a special guest host in place for Mark Jones, Hershaw. And today we are going to be discussing TikTok and how it would really affect the businesses of real estate professionals. How's it going, Hirsch? Hey, Case, how are you? Uh, I thought this would be a great topic to discuss as well, because there's a lot of things going on. And I'm curious on your take and what the other agents out there are thinking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, TikTok has... I think several billion of uh, 1 billion users and 50% of them are, you know, between the age ranges of 18 to 34, which is the largest demographic that are purchasing homes in America. And a lot of the legislature that they're trying to push really would be forcing the platform to be banned and, or at least very limited to what it is now in the U S um, and there are, especially in the last, I would say, three to four years, mm -hmm. uh, there have been like a lot of different real estate agents who have become TikTok famous. <laughs> and um, it, it's definitely been an interesting trend to watch. Yeah. Now, Hirsch, like in your business, I mean, you've been definitely doing a lot more social media and um, I love your videos and what you've been doing. Um, are you, what platform are you seeing the most engagement on for yourself? Uh, Instagram still is the most engagement, uh, friendly platform for me because that, that's where I have been. Uh, I created TikTok uh, a couple months ago and didn't really post anything on there and then started posting the same videos everywhere. So Facebook reels, Instagram reels, and, and TikTok, uh, and nothing has gone super crazy but like you said, there's a lot of agents that have built a massive following on TikTok that, you know, several hundred thousand followers and a lot of their leads are coming specifically from that platform. Yeah, I think that the platform is really good if you like the storytelling format mm -hmm. and you know, you know how to be educational, but entertaining at the same time. Yeah. But the problem that I, I have with a lot of these platforms, specifically TikTok, is what a lot of people don't realize is that you can pay to heavily increase the traffic on your posts. You 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 certainly can, and and, and I've not gone that route, um, but there's a lot of different things you could do, right? That you can tweak as far as the the hook, the phrase, all of that stuff. Uh, and the ones that are successful, you see them replicating the same type of uh, videos that are working for everyone else as well. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, it definitely boils down to a system. It, mm -hmm. There's, you know, there's property videos, there's kind of like the story time, which, you know, agents like Glenda Baker are known. Yeah, for. She's huge on that. She's yeah. huge on that. 
Um, I know I did a couple story time videos on my TikTok and I was shocked at how much engagement and views mm -hmm. I got on that. Um, I did a video that was actually really silly and it was about how to properly close and open your blinds. <laughs> I'm serious. And it was, I, I got all of these people commenting on it and viewing it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think that I'm not sure that if TikTok went away, that it really would be that big of a deal because personally, I, I feel like the people who have been mo the most successful mm -hmm. have admitted to the fact that they've paid to play with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they're capturing their audience because they have the money to invest in the platform. Sure, sure. There, there's you know, very early stages of TikTok and, and Facebook uh, as well at times, you you could be 100% organic and be, you know, really, really famous right off the bat. But most platforms now are, are pay to play. And if you're not paying to play, you're going to see lower levels of engagement and you're likely not going to go viral unless it's super catchy, super trendy uh, with everything else that's out there too. So um, the, the question that I had as I hear all of this happening is, were there agents that were exclusively focusing on TikTok? And if so, are they going to be shifting their strategy to Instagram, which, you know, Facebook and Instagram are not likely going away. Uh, so we, I guess, have to pay, not necessarily pay, but we have to play on every single platform because we don't know what's going to happen to any given platform at any given time because we don't control that audience, right? Yeah, I I know that what I started to do and I teach all of my agents to do this mm -hmm. is I tell them if you're going to make content like this create it for TikTok mm -hmm. and transpose that to all of your other platforms so because think of it this way too if you're we have to look at these platforms as databases yep and some agents are just purely looking at it. Oh, it's it's a social media platform. <laughs> no, this is a database yeah. um, that people are connecting with you on. But not everybody connects with you on all of your platforms. It's very true. Another example I you know I'll, I'll t I usually talk about with my agents too is you know I tell them you know several years ago. I know in, in Keller Williams speak, they always talk about 36 touch and engaging 36 times a year at minimum. Yep. Well, you know, there's marketing gurus like Jason Pantana, who does mm -hmm. a lot of Tom Ferry, you know, and basically his plan is almost like 1500 times a year. And when I tell agents that they're like, that's crazy and ridiculous. And I'm going to spam people. And I'm like, let me ask you this. How many times, you know, do you go to Starbucks? And they're mm -hmm. like, yep. I'm like, okay, do you shop at Publix or Kroger or Target, specifically Target? And they're like, of course, who does not go to Target? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I dare you to go into your inbox and see how many emails per week you get from those companies. Mm -hmm. And they always come back and say, oh my gosh, I got like 15 emails from them. And I'm like, so if you sent out a email once a week to your database, that is not too much anymore. No. I would argue that you need the mind share in the clutter that is going on in people's brains just to see, like, they don't even have to open the email. I've, I've heard someone say this before. Uh, and I want to say it was Ryan Serhan. He was, I just want them to see my name. I don't care if they hit delete 52 times a year, you're going to see my name in your inbox and 
1500 times across social media platforms, you're going to see my name. I'm creating mindshare. Yeah. So and, I, I think the more the merrier in that case. Yeah. And so that's why I, I tell people when they're creating for social media, do it in such a way that you could put it on all of the platforms because if someone watched it on another platform, they're just not going to look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're still going to think about you because they're going to see your pretty face. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where I, I think that, you know, I would love to ask someone who has some big TikTok audience, like what their thoughts are. Sure. Um, but I, I agree with you. I feel like if you're doing well on one platform, it's just a matter of transitioning over because I don't think that there's that much of a difference between the content that people want from TikTok versus mm -hmm. um, Instagram reels, especially in real estate. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think storytelling right now is huge. And I think that the property walkthrough stuff is huge. So if you're doing a mixture of both, you're likely going to get some traffic. Yeah. Especially over time, if if one of your videos does really well, it, it's, it's just out there to play forever, right? Uh, and I think that's where if you're not doing video, you should. And I, I've been doing it for, you know, what better part of two months now. And, and, and I have seen more engagement. I've seen people validate the fact that they chose me as their agent through the videos that I'm making. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for educating. And it's not super hard to do a couple times a week if you can get on in front of a camera and record it put it out there. It just solidifies your client base. It does. What What do you feel like was the, obviously you just said, I just started this not mm -hmm. long ago. Mm -hmm. What do you think was your biggest mental hurdle over getting in front of the camera and starting to do it? So for me, recording a video that was going to be posted was I wanted to make sure I was in the head, right headspace. Uh, my coach even told me, he goes, just get on the camera, like impromptu. And I was like, no, I'm a very, per I'm a person that needs to be prepared. So I would have topics that I want to talk about. Boom, boom, boom. I'd cover it. And then I just want to be the only one in the office that is recording the video. And then you get to see it when the video is actually produced. Uh, so for me, it was the edited format that I needed to get across versus just the story-like format that most people were doing, I had to say, okay, I'm going to start with the prepared way, but then I'll graduate towards the impromptu out in the parking lot. Hey, I'll just want to record a quick video. So it was getting over that, you know, thought process of being prepared to have the topics ready to go. But I applaud you because most people start the opposite way mm -hmm. because when they're, they start going that route of being too prepared, right. End up not executing. Right. So I applaud you for going Thank you. and, <laughs> you know, creating, you know, knowing what your content was going to be and then mm -hmm. creating a plan to execute it. And if someone else were going to replicate that and add that as a pillar into their business, mm -hmm. Like what advice would you give them? You know, especially if let's say they, people do get banned on TikTok. Sure. Um, they're going to Instagram now and they're like, I got to be serious about this. <laughs> how, how would you tell them to, you know, start that system? Sure. 
Uh, so I'll speak from my experience of what I what I did. And I started with a Google Doc and I literally just started typing questions that would come to mind. And my goal was to get to 100 questions that either people may know, but they may not know enough about or people had zero idea. Right. Uh, and it, it's literally anything that comes to mind. Your goal is really just to get to 100 questions. You then take those questions and you start making content around that five to six questions per week is your goal so that we have one video per week, uh, at least on a, on a, on a working day. Uh, and that's what I've done. Every week, I'll pick five things that I want to talk about. And then I come in here, I, I record it, you know, and I would say at this point, 30 minutes to an hour, uh, my VA will edit it. So that way, there's no bloopers and things like that in there. And then it goes out. It, it's become so simple, yet I used to use the room <laughs> so no one could hear me because it's soundproof. And I've gotten away from that now. I don't mind. Like I saw you yesterday in the office where I was like, oh, I don't really care. I'm just going to keep recording. I'm going to do my thing. But it took about a month to two months to get to that point. So don't think that it's going to happen overnight. Just get comfortable with being uncomfortable is what I would say, because whatever you record is going to be out in the world forever. But again, know that it only goes out to the world when you post it. So if you just need a few practice sessions to get in front of a camera, then just do it, you know, record yourself doing any random thing that you would normally do, create a video training library, if that's what it takes to get you comfortable. Uh, and then when you hit post, that's when it goes. Yeah, I, I had to have a conversation with Mark because I know he was a little hesitant to start doing, he was, he was starting to overthink it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what we all do. And so I'm a trained TV host and mm -hmm. I've had to go through a, like various different training. And I've, here's the thing though, is I've always been comfortable in front of a camera. I grew mm -hmm. up in front of the camera. Right. And so I, but I know that's not everyone's experience. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my coaches always said to me that if you are trying to help an audience and you're you're there representing them mm -hmm. you have to get out of your head because otherwise if you're not you're being selfish and when marky costello from los angeles at how to become a host taught me that mm -hmm. and when when she said that to me um i just was like oh you're right because i'm worried too much about how i look and how i sound and what i'm saying versus paying attention to what I need to say because my audience is relying on me to say it for them. Right? Yeah. Um, so I, I tell people, get out of your head, think of the people that you're there to serve. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love the system that you created, but also like starting with doing like just Instagram stories is a good way just to get comfortable. Sure. Because then when you actually have a setup and you're doing it in more of a controlled environment, mm -hmm then it comes out even better in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's going, going to be interesting to see what really ends up happening with TikTok and legislature. I mean, I know they're like, they're really grilling the, the CEOs of the company. Like mm -hmm. I, there was, I saw a very, very small clip for like, it was like five seconds long. And they were going into asking questions as deep as can this control and have access to someone's wi personal Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. and they basically said yes. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I was like, 
I'm I'm sure that other programs probably have sure. access, but it's crazy to think about that, you know, when you think you're just innocently, you know, putting this app and being entertained by fun videos. And then the yep. reality is we're exposing ourselves so much more than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a data privacy issue, which is with internet. There always is. Right. Um, but TikTok recently put out a, a four page ad in the New York times as well that said, Hey, we take data privacy seriously just to try to educate people that they are doing what they're supposed to. But the question is, are they too popular to ban with a billion users across the globe, a large percentage of them in the U S is it too big to ban or can the government do something about it? We, we don't really know. Uh, I think my, my words of encouragement to anybody is make sure you're on every platform because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I would be interested to see, because I don't think we've ever had, a platform like you said that large ever been banned in the u.s mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. um if i'm not mistaken tiktok is banned in russia right uh i'm not sure about russia i know it is banned in india okay yeah so so there is at least one large country that has successful i don't know if it's successful but it successfully banned it right um we'll see if that happens here now, did they ban it because of the security risks or did the Indian government just, they just don't like pretty it? much? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was the, the major motivation behind it. Um, and I'm sure there was other political things that, that kind of contributed to that. But India and China are neighbors. And so it's like, hey, we don't really want you to have access to everything. Um, and, and it's been banned for quite some time now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah interesting before it was as big as it is now i mean it, it's the number one downloaded app like across the platform so it's like okay it, it is too big well you know it's it's a big deal when your parents are sending you tiktoks <laughs> like it's one thing you know i would expect like my little cousin or niece or nephew to be on it right yep. But I knew that there was, we had a problem on our hands when my mm -hmm. dad, who's like pushing 70, yeah. me TikToks and all these videos. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Yep. Like, my father-in-law sends them to me too. And I'm like, I might've, and vast majority of times I've already seen it, you know, uh, but he'll send me stuff and I'm like, oh, you're, you're on TikTok right now. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so i i def i personally don't want it to go away but i i really i'm not i don't really use it that much i mean mm -hmm. um my social media game has been really obscure the past couple years mm -hmm. which i need to fix that but um <laughs> you know i've been working on two podcasts and all this mm -hmm. other content so um yeah i guess it'll be really interesting to see what ends up happening yeah, you, you said something that made me think, and this is kind of the 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 way that I wanted to go because I've been a consumer and I've just started being a contributor, right? To whatever platform, name the platform there. So so now as we create the content, we're contributing to the to the content, which doesn't give you a whole lot of time to consume the content. So um, which is great. Like that's the space you need to be in as a business owner, as an agent, if you're going to be successful at it. Uh, spending four hours a day on TikTok isn't really productive, no. <laughs> uh, but spending four hours a day to create content is. So uh, just, just shift that mindset a little bit is what I would say. 
I, I think that's super, super fair. And, you know, you know, I, I didn't think of it that way either. I just was like, oh, me spending time on social media, regardless how I'm doing it, mm-hmm. it's like a time suck. Mm-hmm. But you're right. If you're doing it in a way where it's, you're putting stuff out and putting stuff out, yeah, you know, then that's a benefit to your business. And it's, it's a different way of engaging. So. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying, right? You're not being selfish. You're, you're educating people based on the information that you have out there. Yeah. Which is huge. Huge. Well, thanks, Hirsch. Um, I really appreciate you filling in for Mark. That is all for us today. We hope you enjoyed our segment. Please don't forget to like and rate our podcast on your preferred podcast platform, because the more ratings we get, the more we can naturally build our audience with cool people like yourself. I'm Case Ellers. And I'm Hirsch Shah, filling in for Mark Jones. And we're in it together.